thank you for tuning into the media ministry of Weston Road Pentecostal Church. We pray that you will be blessed and inspired as you hear the preaching of God's Word. Also, be sure to check us out on the web at www.westonroadchurch.com for all the latest news and info. Paints murals and they're fantastic. Uh, this is not a plug for her. I'm going to actually tell you a story about my painting. Um, there was, I grew up watching Bob Ross. Anyone remember? Um, you know, his voice was so soothing and uh, I, I don't know, I was, I was like 12 years old. Like, why am I watching this? I don't know. But I kind of like when he would beat the brush on the, the easel. But one day, a few, I think it was about two years ago, Priscilla, she's trying to get me hooked on Pinterest. And I'll be very honest, it's more of a ladies' social platform, I believe. But there are men who use it well. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. I'm up for, I love social media. I love learning what people are using to communicate a message. Um, And so I'm like checking this stuff out. And then obviously she shows me all of her boards. And it's all these home decor things. And we have this nice big empty wall above our sofa. And we're wondering, what can we put? So she showed me these like beautiful paintings. And then, of course, you click and it's like a do-it-yourself thing. So I'm watching. And I'm like, that seems pretty easy. And I found one that I really liked. So I went to Michael's, bought the canvas, did all of this stuff, got the gold paint and some glitter. Because I was going to do something, you know, with a bit of wow in it. And uh, so I start painting. And... Priscilla wasn't home, so I'm like, I'm going to surprise her. It's going to look so cool. Uh, It did not at all. And by the end of it, it was basically, it was like, did Josiah make this? (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. It was a failed art experience, I guess, or experiment. Um, But I have some other paintings to show you. And if we could put the first one up. Well... I, don't, I think we may have thrown it out. <laughs> I don't even know where it ended up. So does anyone recognize this work of art? Okay. Taya, is that a hand up? Shout it out. Well, she recognizes. That's good. So I'll give you the hint. It's called The Starry Night by Vincent van Gogh. And it's, one, it's probably his most popular work. The, the next one we have, can anyone identify? Oh, everyone. Oh, you know, you want to draw a little mustache and make it your own, perhaps. They say um, imitation is the highest form of flattery, although I wouldn't attempt it. Uh, but Leonardo da Vinci painted Mona Lisa. It's probably one of the most popular, famous ones. And then there's the next one that we have, a, a work of art. That's my beautiful wife. And I took that photo, but guess what? Who created this work of art? God. You got the right answer, verbatim, God. And today, um, with God's help, I want to talk to you from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. If you have your Bible, would you turn there? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And we'll do it at the same time. We'll see who gets there first. I have no bookmark in my Bible. When you have it, say amen. 
All right, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And would you stand for the reading of God's Word? This will probably be the last time you stand till the close of the service. So don't get upset. And, it, and we stand always, not because I said so. We, we honor God's Word. And we reverence His name. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this. One simple, short verse. For we are God's masterpiece... He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. God, we thank You that before we ever had one thought come into our mind, we were on Your mind. And God, I thank You today that every single person present and existing is a work of your hand and is a masterpiece according to your perspective. So God, we thank you for your word. Let it illuminate our hearts and our minds, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. For we are God's masterpiece. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm very grateful that God created me. I, I mean, I, I have flaws my personality, character. But God created me. If I tried to create me, it would be not a masterpiece. It would be flawed. It would be a weird-looking thing walking around, maybe not even able to walk. Number one, you are God's masterpiece. And when I looked up that definition, there were two parts to it. Let's look at the first definition. A work of outstanding artistry, skill, or workmanship. And I want to read to you from Psalm 139 because I want the Word to define masterpiece. Not what I think a masterpiece is, but let the Word of God itself define what a masterpiece is. Psalm 139, verses 13 to 17 says this about God. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. So yes, it takes a father and a mother to conceive a child, but when we understand life, God has a big role to play in it as the baby develops. And we're experiencing that. We have our baby, third baby due in October, in August. Lack of sleep, August. Never mind. That's another story. Our first baby was born in October. That's what my brain was going to, right? Yes. Verse 14. Thank you. For making me so wonderfully complex. Did you ever think about life or even yourself and you're like, I'm so weird in here and life is so... Like, why do I make things hard? Well, the author of Psalm 139 is actually thanking God for making us as complex beings. Did you know that we are complex beings? When I look at the detail and how everything works together in a woman's body to finally give birth to a child... It's mind-blowing. It really is. Because everything has to work together in your body. The nutrients, the development, the growth, the protection. All of those things. And that's just scratching a bit of the surface. But thank you, Lord. Can you thank God for how wonderfully complex He made you? Instead of just complaining about how complicated things get internally, we can thank God for that. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me, verse 15, as I was being formed in utter seclusion 
as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And then I love verse 17. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. Did you know God's, God has thoughts about you? God thinks about you? Did you know that His thoughts towards you are precious? He values them and He values you. Did you know that? And I believe that if you struggle internally with insecurities and all of those other mental issues, and you think, does anyone love me? Does anyone care? Does anyone know me? Hey, just read Psalm 139 verse 17. And you know that the God who knows every intricate detail of your, your, your body, but also of your life. And yet, He chooses to say that I care about you. And, and every time I think about you is a meaningful moment. God cares about you. You need to know that today. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 furthers this, this definition of how God created us as a masterpiece. And He says... I knew you before I formed you. God speaking to Jeremiah as a young man, young boy even. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Parents or young, young husband and wife, if you want to grow a family, it's important to pray even for the unborn child. Why? Because God's calling can already be on your little one's life, even before it takes its first breath or scream or cry. So it's a very important thing that we understand. God is a part of the process from even before this baby's born, because it's already on God's mind. Life is always on God's mind. So number one definition of masterpiece was a work of outstanding artistry, skill, and workmanship. We see God's handiwork in our lives as we are created, as we grow up and develop our own uh, thoughts about who God is and understand His Word, we realize, Lord, yes, I am wonderfully made. I am a, a creation. I'm your masterpiece. The second definition of masterpiece is an artist's or craftsman's best piece of work. So when when we're looking at this scripture in Ephesians 2.10, masterpiece is not an accidental word. It wasn't like, let's go to the thesaurus and see what, what creative word we could insert here. Masterpiece is intentional when we read it. And when we think of the, def the definition of an artist's best piece of work, you can't help but think, you are God's best piece of work. So you are God's masterpiece. So even on your worst day, you are God's best piece of work. On your worst day. And I had people call me this week kind of at, at that end point. Even on your worst day, you are still God's best piece of work. Even when you make the mess, you are still God's best piece of work. And that leads us to point number two. So number one is you are God's masterpiece. Number two, you are new. When you live in Christ, when you've given Him your life, you are new. He makes all things new. And I'm glad about that. 
You see, Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 and 15 says this, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. In just a few moments, we're going to baptize five. Thank you, Maya. She's like, five people. And in Friday night's class, we explained very simply in the death, burial, and resurrection. So when you go under, you're identifying with Christ's death, how we are dead to the old sinful nature. We don't want to live in that way anymore. And when you come up out of the waters of baptism, you are raised to new life in Christ. Raised to new life in Christ, which means now we identify with Christ's finished work of the cross. So as we read Colossians 2, 12 to 15, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with Him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for He forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. Water baptism is done publicly because we want everyone to know that what we are doing today, these five that are here, when I got baptized, we are identifying publicly an inward commitment to Jesus Christ. But I want you to know what happens is the sin that used to hold me down no longer holds me down. I am created anew in Christ Jesus. I am a new creation. And so, how are we raised to life? How does that actually happen? In 2 Corinthians 5, two verses I want to highlight. Verse 15, verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5 says this, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And then verse 21 says this, and here's the key. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So sin is what holds us down. And we need to die to sin and, and live in Christ. That's the key. And so because of what Jesus did when He died on the cross, in a few weeks we're going to celebrate Easter weekend. We have a great Sunday service planned. We have cards available at the end of the service. Invite cards. And here's what we're going to say Easter weekend. The cross has the final word. The cross has the final word. Not your sin. Sin, if you don't get rid of sin, sin will get rid of you. And in that way, well, it can put an end to anything else that God would have had planned for your life. But when you look to the cross of Jesus, the cross has the final word. Why? Because the old man is dead. And now I live a new life in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that the, the same power uh, that raised Christ from the dead now lives inside of you. So you don't have to bow a knee to sin. No, no, no. You kick sin to the curb. You get rid of sin before it gets rid of you. And then you focus your attention on moving forward with Jesus. And the journey is not easy, and it's not straight either. 
And I've seen, you know, even in my own life, it's like I know where I need to go, but sometimes Jonathan gets sidetracked and I go this way and then God's like, hey, remember? And it's like, oh, yes, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. And then I keep moving forward. And so this decision of baptism today, we're, we're identifying this point number two, you are new. And this is our outward symbol of that inward renewal, is that we are made new in Christ Jesus. I thank God for that. And point number three is, you are on purpose. You are on purpose. And I know grammatically that in and of itself is not a complete sentence. But point number one, you are God's masterpiece. Number two, you are new and you are created anew. And number three, you are on purpose. Did you know God doesn't make mistakes? No accidents. When you think, I'm not that good in science, but I know just enough that if I stay out too long, the sun will burn this beautiful shiny head. It just does. But guess what? It doesn't cook my body like bacon. I don't sizzle. And God created the world in such a way that we can exist. We can live on this earth and function. There's life. There's vitality. Green things grow. We have water that we need to... Like the way I, I start thinking and I'm like, wow, God created all of these little things that we just think, well, there's Lake Ontario. Awesome. Let's, let's buy a boat and use Lake Ontario. Um, but it's there for a purpose. We have seasons. We have the weather that changes. Some of us grumble and complain. Yesterday, I was like, why is it raining on the Saturday? We could have done so many other things and, uh, with the family. And then I'm like, well, it's just a reminder that summer's around the corner. And do we want nice grass and trees and flowers? Yes. But then we need the rain. God planned it that way. He knows that the earth needs rain so that the crops will grow. Hey, we like food. We like to eat. Guess what? We need the crops to grow. And it needs rain. It needs water. God doesn't make mistakes. And He doesn't do things by accident. Like sometimes I, I've done a few things. I'm like, oh, that was cool. See that? So look what I did. Uh, as a father, you can get away with that really easily with your children. You meant to do one thing. Something else happens. And you're like, look, it's not a bird. It's a tower now. Uh, as we're drawing and painting. Back to my Bob Ross reference before. If you just make a mistake, you're like, there, it's a tree. <laughs> and... What happens is God created you on purpose. And that's what God does. He doesn't make mistakes. God created you on purpose and with a purpose. And it's been said that there are only two important days in your life. The day you were born and the day you discover why you were born. The purpose. Why. Jeremiah 29, 11, 14, as we're almost done says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster. Remember, does, will God inflict sickness on you? No. God's will is that you be healed. That's why He sent Jesus. Because the Word says, by His stripes we are healed. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Verse 12. In those days when you pray, I will listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Verse 14, I will be found by you, says the Lord. God is inviting us 
you want to discover why you were born, the purpose, the invitation is to seek Him. And when you seek Him with all of your heart, you will find Him. And guess what? God is the one who created you. God is the one who will reveal the purpose for your life. And I love how people go searching down even weird paths. Psychics, astrology, horoscope. And I've heard some of the weirdest things. And I look at people, even when I used to work uh, at FedEx, and I'd hear stuff in the lunchroom or on the, on the line as we're sorting mail. And I would say, are you seriously going to trust what some person wrote in the newspaper who gets paid to put that there? as opposed to the God of all the universe who created you and who knows you intimately. He knows every detail of your life, not only your life, but how you are made internally. God knows every single aspect. And that, I wouldn't say that out loud while I was working, but I would think that. And when I had the opportunity, sometimes I would let them know, hey, you know what, that sounds a little far-fetched to me. Um, I would much rather trust a God and that's where I find peace and purpose. And I know who I am because my identity is found in Jesus. So when you, if you want to discover your purpose, here's the key. Discover who Jesus is in your life. Get close, as close as you can. Go deep with God and you will discover your purpose. As deep calls out to deep. And God is going to reveal those reasons, those purposes. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And so we want, we want to discover purpose. We have to understand that before we ever existed, God had a plan and a purpose for you. So you're, you're no accident. And there's a pastor who's named Samuel Rodriguez in the U.S. And he said this, God is not interested in renovating your past, but he is committed to unleashing your future. And your past might be a mess. It might be riddled with sin and bad decisions. And you might say, that's a, a, a great three points, Pastor. But this life is a mess. It's not a masterpiece. I want you to know that that's great that you can identify with what happened in life. But that's your perspective on your situation. What we are invited to today is something much greater and much more encouraging, actually, and uplifting, is God's perspective on you. And if we said, well, shame was great, but Jesus, you're greater. And that's the invitation today, is to give it all to Jesus. And watch what He can do. And you can take the broken, fragmented pieces of life, and you say, God, I give it to you. I don't know what else I can do. And God is able to take those broken and fragmented pieces of life and put them together again, afresh and anew. And He'll say, see, this is the purpose why I created you for. You are my masterpiece. And I don't care about anyone else's perspective today because at the end, I'm going to see Him face to face. And He'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And this morning, I want you to know that as you give everything to God, your mess and even your great beautiful parts of life that we also love to show off on Instagram and Facebook and whatever, God wants to be Lord over all of those situations. And as you do that, you will understand and discover that 
you are just fitting into the peace that God created you to be. You don't have to be like me. God already created one Jonathan. But we need a Priscilla. We need a Spencer. We need a, a Marco, a John Paulo, a Trevor, an Aaron, a Marina, a Josh, an Elizabeth. You need to be who God created you to be. Don't try to be anyone else. Why? Well, because God has a purpose, a specific plan and gifts that He's given you. If all you try to be is like someone else, as a pastor, if I, I only try to imitate another pastor, I'm not fulfilling the purpose that God has made me for. And so I, I quit comparing. We talked about this last week, I believe it was. Comparison will, will rob you of your joy. And you'll never be who God created you to be. And so this morning, I'm just going to invite you to stand to your feet. I just want to pray over you. And then we got to move on to our, our baptism part. But I pray that you are encouraged today by God's word. You are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So we can do the good things. He planned for us long ago. Would you pray with me today? Father, I thank you for this opportunity we have. Lord, to consider what your word says about us. God, a lot of us have developed and formed our own opinions of who we are. But Father, I thank you for your word tells us who you think we are. And God, today you are reminding us that we are your masterpiece. We are not a mistake or an accident but you created us on purpose for a purpose. And I pray God today as we surrender everything to you, that you would receive glory. And God, with it, we give you the ability to, to work mightily in our lives. Lord, bless every person here today that desires to make you Lord and Savior. And I pray that you would continue to work on every heart and every life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.